Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 190. You know, it's no secret that I love talking Royal Caribbean, and on this week's episode, we're doing nothing but talking Royal Caribbean in the form of your emails. Every week, I invite every one of you to send me an email about any aspect of Royal Caribbean Cruise, whether it's a question, a comment, something related to the cruise. And this week's episode is actually a, I'm going to call this a listener email extravaganza, where I brought on a couple of my friends to join me to talk and answer Royal Caribbean questions right here on the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Here we go. Since the very beginning, I've always wanted you to be a part of the show, which is why I always have invited you to send in questions every week, because oftentimes the question that you might have about your upcoming cruise might also be helpful to not just you, but to others as well. And since this podcast is produced for you, for the last few years, many of you have been sending in so many questions about packing for a trip or picking a ship or stateroom, especially dining, itinerary choices, and much more. And so with that in mind, I wanted to open up our virtual inbox this week to answer more of your emails. And back again as someone to help me answer these questions. I've actually brought on two people. This is a listener question extravaganza. Uh, we'll start off first with a man who has an unquenchable hunger for Indian curry, which is only exceeded by his motivation to keep booking more cruises. He claims he can stop either at any time, but doesn't really feel like it. He also runs the foremost source on the internet about bringing power strips on your cruise. It is Billy Hirsch from CruiseHabit.com. Welcome back, Billy. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, answering some questions and giving all sorts of misleading information that you'll have to retract on next week's podcast. Also joining us on today's episode is uh, I brought back actually from his back from his floating bar the mayor of Coco Cay, Mister Michael Franklin Poole. Welcome, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me back, Matt. I didn't want to leave the floating bar, but I had to get back to the real world. Yes, well, we all have to deal with those problems at some point, right? Uh, if I had a nickel for every time I've heard, boy, I have to go back from the floating bar. <laughs> I love it there in Coco Cay. There's there's no denying that. Awesome. All right, let's uh, start off today's episode with an email from Jennifer from Dublin, California. I just wanted to share that on our cruise on Freedom of the Seas two summers ago, I unfortunately got into an accident on the ATV excursion in Cozumel, and not only was I well taken care of at the Cozumel Hospital, thankfully just bumps and bruises, but was offered a complimentary follow-up appointment by the Royal Caribbean medical staff once I was back on board since it was one of their excursions. My husband and I were impressed with the level of customer service that Royal Caribbean provided in response to one of their excursions gone wrong. Normally, it's advertised that the big benefit to booking through the ship is a get-back guarantee, but we have now added safety and medical attention as a consideration when booking excursions. Love your blog and podcast. Thank you, Jennifer. And I think this email is kind of in reference to, remember we had uh, Haley on when she was talking about getting sick on board Adventure of the Seas. And have any of you ever run into any maladies or accidents on board that required any kind of medical attention? I mean, I've shared my story about being dehydrated on board uh, a ship once but have you guys ever uh, run into anything like that uh i had strep throat when i was six does that count <laughs> i think that's outside the, uh, the statute of limitations on that but <laughs> did royal caribbean email you because if they did that totally counts <laughs> that would have been remarkable because email was not a thing uh. <laughs> Next, we have an email from Dan who writes, I have a couple questions for you. My wife 
uh, myself and my kids, who are nine and six, are going on Freedom of the Seas. We're heading to Grand Cayman, Cozumel, and Costa Maya. Do you have any recommendations for the ship or any of the ports? Nothing really food-related, more of activities. Do you know if you can rent jet skis from the locals in any of three places at a reasonable price? Also, we have a flight book that we're going back and forth on whether or not we should drive to from the Philadelphia area. If we don't drive, do you have any recommendations for a shuttle service around Fort Lauderdale? We couldn't use a taxi or Uber because we wouldn't have car seats for the kids. Sorry for the late email. Hopefully, you can respond before we head out. Thanks. All right, let's start out with the... uh, Actually, Billy, why don't you take the easy one because you live in Fort Lauderdale. Or in the area, I should say. And uh, what are some recommendations for getting from the airport to the port with the idea they can't use taxi or Uber? And I'm going to preface this by saying, first of all, does Uber yet have the family Uber thing? I know they do that in Orlando where they have car service, uh, car seats rather. But I'm not sure if that's extended out to um, no, Uber I've in not, South Florida. No, uh... I've not... I've not yet seen that in South Florida. I do know you're, what you're talking about. I did read about that. Um, and, and good job handing me the question. Billy, you live in this place, so you don't need to find ways to get around because you drive your own car. Why don't you answer the question? Um, <laughs> well, you deal actually, too. <laughs> you deal with this problem all the time, because not with the kids, but with you live in the area, but you want to pay to park because you live in the area. And why, you know, you don't, yes. it's, you struggle with that. That is true. So, um, so without the car seat, um, part of the question, you know, yes, I would have said Uber or Lyft. They're the most economical and, and flexible. Um, I'd say, one, keep your eyes open for that to, to be offered. Because um, as Matt mentioned in Orlando, where they know there's a lot of tourism uh, with families, um, they, you can essentially request an Uber with a car seat is, is basically how that works. Um, there, there are a couple other options, though. Um, one would be to simply reach out to a cab company. There are some cab companies that have uh, car seats. Um, you can prearrange this, or if you know, it, South Florida is a major area. If you just ask at the taxi stand, they can get one for you. That shouldn't be an issue. Um, cabs can be a little bit pricey in South Florida, though. I'm I'm not a fan because of that. Uh, so that in mind, I would uh, I would have to go with. Uh, any of the the standard shuttle services and the best way to uh, to find out what shuttle services are available honestly ask your travel agent because different travel agencies may have arrangements or experience with uh, with shuttle companies you can also contact uh and and I, I apologize, I don't remember if this applies to the situation or not, but if, if a hotel's involved, you can contact the hotel. They oftentimes have agreements with shuttle companies at discounted rates. And those shuttle companies, again, this is South Florida, we're used to a lot of family tourism, tourism uh, can provide car seats. Uh, the last option, and this doesn't sound like it works in this particular case, though, who knows, maybe you want to extend your trip, is you can, of course, rent a car with a car seat in it. I was, yeah, that's actually renting a car isn't a terrible idea. And the other one I would also add is you could bring your own car seat, right? You can you're on an airplane, and for many, if your kids are of the age where they need a car seat in the car, uh, it's not so much that you may need the car seat on the airplane, but it does make it a little easier for them, especially depending on how old they are. I don't think in this email, uh, Dan. Oh, nine and six. All right, so they're a little bit older for that, but. We have, like, my wife has this one. I don't wish I knew the brand of it. It's like a, it's almost like a, you blow it up and use it. It's like a temporary one. Um, I was just going to suggest an inflatable car seat and thought that that was just the most ridiculous thing I could have said. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. Um, And and that might be another option for you. Um, So let's talk about uh, his other question about, uh, let's say, best things to do in Grand, let's start with Grand Cayman. Best things to do that is not food related. I don't even know what that's like. 
um, and about renting uh, jet skis at any of them at a reasonable price. Uh, Grand Cayman, Michael, what's your favorite thing to do in Grand Cayman? Uh, well, Grand Cayman, I've been a couple times, and I'll be honest, every time I've gone, I've gone to the Seven Mile Beach. It's a really fast taxi. I think it's a couple bucks. Um, public beach, you know, there are restaurants down there on the beach if you're not looking to spend all day on the beach. Um, so that's what I've done every time. And as far as Freedom of the Seas goes, I was going to recommend uh, Matt's done two live blogs on that ship, and I've done one. So you can check that out on the site. It's freedomofthesea.live. There's going to be overwhelming information for you there. Thank you for the shameless plug. That is, and it's actually very good information as well about uh, <laughs> checking that out there in terms of free. There's a lot on freedom of the seas to, to enjoy. The other thing, by the way, about um, doing the jet ski idea, Dan, is when you're going to any of these places, be it Grand Cayman, Cozumel, or Costa Maya, tell them, like, if you're going to Grand Cayman, as an example, tell the taxi driver, because My- Michael alluded to this, that Grand- Seven Mile Beach is a long is a long beach, as the name implies, but it's not one beach. There's many different operations that are set up there. Some are hotels. Some are some guy who opened a bar on the beach and has a couple chairs. More, Some are more ornate. Some are just literally you can sit down there on your towel and that's it. Uh, but tell the, tell the taxi driver, say, hey, I want to go somewhere that has X, Y, and Z, including the ability to rent jet skis, and you will absolutely find... Uh, options. Their Grand Cayman tends to be a little pricey. I think if you're going to go for cheapo jet ski rentals, it would probably be in Cozumel and or Costa Maya. Being in Mexico, things are a little bit uh, less expensive over there. So uh, that would be my recommendation. But I agree with you, Michael. Every time I've gone to Grand Cayman, we always end up at Seven Mile Beach because it's pretty darn amazing. Uh, Billy, I'll, do you have uh, any uh, suggestions for Grand Cayman? Yeah, I've got a couple thoughts. One, jet skis in general, if you're going to be uh, renting... Um, not just jet skis. I would say this applies to ATVs, which uh, at, as we heard at the beginning of the episode can uh, carry its own hazards. Um, really use your discretion. Um, and and I'm not just talking about your own personal operation. That That's a given uh, in your personal safety. But um, maybe talk with, I recommend sometimes that people speak with somebody on board the ship, uh, whether it's a shore excursion person or even somebody that works in one of the shops, somebody that's been to the ports, see if they can recommend somebody. Um, because what happens, and, and listen, I'm sure the overwhelming majority of people that rent jet skis are fantastic people, but a very common scam all over the world where there is water is to rent a jet ski from somebody that is just some dude, not insured, you bring it back and they point to a scratch and said, you did that, you owe me money. They call the police, the police are in on it, and all of a sudden you're you know, pulling money out of an ATM to pay for a damaged jet ski that you didn't damage. Um, not trying to deter you, I've rented jet skis in, in several uh, parts of the Caribbean and everything goes fine. Just something to keep to keep in mind. That's a, It's a well-documented scam the world over. Um, so... Again, I tend to recommend for, for anything, really, talk to talk to crew members, even if they're not shore excursion crew members, because they visit the port a lot and they uh, they may have some recommendations for you as well. Cab drivers can be another uh, uh, another great resource um, as far as things to do in Grand Cayman. Um, I'm not sure the activity level of, of your kids. I was always a swimmer from the time I was real young, and now I'm just really lazy. Uh, but uh, there's a if you want to do something that is fun. It does not cost much and is really simple. Will not take much time out of your day. When you get off the tender in Grand Cayman, you're going to walk to the left down the coast about uh, five minutes, and there's a shipwreck that you can dive. 
Um, there's a restaurant right next to it with a bar. You can hang out. You can get a bite to eat, get a drink. Uh, and they do rent snorkel equipment right at the shipwreck. You go right off the dock. And uh, it's not the most beautiful diving in the world. There's a lot of churn in the water right there because it's kind of by, well, where the tenders are and other stuff. But it's it's convenient. It's inexpensive. It is cool. You get to dive a shipwreck. And again, depending on the the, um, the activity level uh, of your kids or if you just wanted to go for a quick trip. But I like that. It's close, convenient, cheap. Good. Uh, Michael, I was going to ask you what you want to do, what you would recommend in Cosmel, but I already know the answer. So please s- sell them on Nachi Coco. <laughs> nice, Matt. Well, I'll, I'll shame the blog post again. There's a great blog post on Royal Caribbean blog about Nachi Coco, but it's 55 bucks uh, per person, all inclusive food. Uh, you order it from the menu, so it's not a buffet style. There's also Mr. Sancho's. You mentioned you had two kids, so Mr. Sancho's may be a great option for you too because they have uh, like a little kids aqua park, so it's more uh, family focused. Uh, but either one of those, that that would be my recommendation for Cozumel. Yeah, I mean, I, the only other one I would add is Paradise Beach again for, because of the kid uh, option. But Paradise Beach, whereas Nachi Coco and Mr. Sancho's are a little more of an all-inclusive kind of feel. If you want more of a modular thing, basically, you know, you pay for the, you only want to use beach chairs and umbrella, and you want to order food and maybe the aqua park, then you pay for each one individually as opposed to, you know, the whole total experience. But anyway, uh, Paradise Beach is another nice option. We do have a review at realgreenblog.com as well, and you can check that out. <laughs> And um, that might be another uh, compelling idea. A lot of families like going to Paradise Beach because it offers a little bit of everything. And uh, price-wise, it allows you to control what you order is what you pay for. So uh, not a bad idea there. Have any of you I'll, been I'll to – I've been to Cos- Oh, sorry, Billy. Yeah, I, sorry. I was going to throw one more thing in for Cosmo. Um, and this is actually combinable with other things that you might want to do in Cosmo. Uh, there is a company called Tours Plaza. Uh, tours plural plaza that i've used before and essentially it's just a a company that organizes really awesome cab drivers um that have new vehicles with uh, that are clean with ice cold ac and have extremely knowledgeable drivers and you can hire them at an hourly rate they have very uh, very competitive rates and i've done this before we hire a driver for the day cost I don't remember. I want to say four hours was about $80, something like that. And this driver was incredibly knowledgeable and friendly. We had a whole brand new van. And we didn't, you know, this day that we hired Tours Plaza, we didn't know what we wanted to do. Uh, And I just said, you know, like to go off the beaten path. Uh, maybe maybe go to a park and he's going oh well there's this place over here and he's got all these ideas and none of them's uh, n- none of them are oh my, well my cousin owns a restaurant N- nothing like that um, and it was just a great way to have a personal driver and tour guide for the day so if you want to use that uh, that driver to go to one of these beaches that have uh, that have other amenities great you're already paying for a cab so you know you're just taking it up uh, taking the cost out there and maybe you end up adding something on there's a, there's a great park, uh, San Gervasio Park, in the middle of the island. There are some uh, some neat sites to see on the far end of the island. Um, there's even uh, there are even a couple historical sites. So you could, whether it's with Torres Plaza, which I think was last time I checked the top rated attraction uh, in Cozumel on TripAdvisor, or um, or through another like car service like that. That flexibility is awesome, especially uh, in a place like Cozumel where much of it is walkable, but much of it is not. Nice. And lastly, Costa Maya. I was last there in 2010, and I always rave about it, and it's still that great. Uh, Maya Chain, which is an all-inclusive resort, 
Uh, it's read by a bunch of American expats. I love it a lot. There is a review of it, realcarbonblog.com. Perhaps you see a trend developing. I'm not sure. But I love that quite a bit. And uh, actually, for the uh, Symphony of the Seas group cruise that we've got planned, we'll be going back to Costa Maya. And I think this will be an opportunity. I mean, a lot has changed since 2010, but uh, I'll be eyeing that uh, Maya Chan thing a lot. Have any of you been to uh, uh, Costa Maya yet? I have not. Billy? I don't. I don't believe I've been there, so you are the expert. Okay. We're in trouble. Ah, <laughs> yes. The streets are paved with gold, and uh, that's somewhere else. Um, so there you go, Dan. Hopefully that answers your question. Our next email is from Micah from Southwest Florida. Thanks for all the great Royal Caribbean information. Me and my wife got off Harmony of the Seas a few months ago from a Mediterranean cruise, and now we just booked a cruise on Allure of the Seas for September. Are we going to be disappointed when comparing the ship to Harmony since we've never been on Allure yet, or are they very comparable? Also, we're not interested in Nassau very much. If we stay on board, will most things be open on the ship like normal? Well, well you know what? I'm going to have Michael. Can you answer the first part about Allure versus Harmony? Because you've been on both. And uh, Billy, why don't you handle the Nassau question? So, Michael, start us off with the uh, comparing Allure versus Harmony. Okay. Um, I think the biggest notice that you'll see when you come on is the staterooms. To me, that was the most impacting, you know, part of your vacation experience. The cabins on Harmony are, you know, like very similar to Anthem if you've been on that ship. But, you know, they're they're laid out better. The the showers larger. Uh, I'm not saying that they're bad on Allure, but that's the number one difference for me. Uh, you're, you are going to experience new shows on Allure, so that'll be nice to see, you know, different type of entertainment. As far as everything else goes on the ship, I notice little small cosmetic changes, but I think that's just because I'm like a cruise nerd and look for those things. So, <laughs> you know, like the trellis bar on Allure is kind of at an angle on Harmony. It's pressed against the wall. I would say 99% of the cruisers would never notice the difference, but I was looking that's going to ruin my experience. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was looking for little changes in like in Park Cafe on Allure, there's a little uh, dessert bar to the right on Harmony. There's nothing there. They, they left it open to help with the traffic flow because you notice it gets really crowded in there but other than that uh no water slides so i don't know if that's important to you or not but most most of the ship is completely the same so i think you're gonna have a great time allure is a great ship uh one of my favorites so billy uh you take over nassau all right so uh the question was um uh what to do on the ship if you're not getting off of nassau is that correct yeah if we stay on board will most things be open on the ship like normal Okay, so the answer is most things, yes. Uh, what will not be open? The casino will not be open, and the shops will not be open. Uh, that's pretty much it. And that's you'll find that to be the case in almost every port in which you visit. And the reason is simple. Um, it's two reasons. Taxes and competition. The local port wants to to get your business rather than uh, the ship. So it's part of the agreement when they, when they berth there. Um, other than that, everything else is going to be operational. And not only will it be operational, but you'll find... In for certain things, uh, that there are great advantages. One, as you can guess, the ship isn't nearly as crowded. There, you won't have lines for for anything really. Um, <clears throat> the the other nice thing, if you wanted to use spa services, you'll find that spa services are much cheaper on port days because, well, most people want to go there on sea days. Um, there are often deals, um, whether they're advertised or negotiated at specialty restaurants um, where you might be able to get a better deal there uh, when you're in port because again most people are off on the sh- uh, uh, off in port so 
shops and casino, that's the only stuff that's closed. Everything else is uh, just less crowded and in some, in some cases cheaper. Yeah, there is one other uh, distinction, which is there's far, far less activities on board the ship when you're in port. There's still some, but the pace of them is significantly slower because, again, most guests are off off the ship. But it's not, I mean, you can have a great. It's great for pool time to stay on board the ship. It's great for uh, maybe going to a bar that perhaps has been too busy for you earlier. Uh, exploring other areas of the ship. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I mean, if this were Harmony of the Seas, I mean, Michael will tell you would wax poetically about using the this time to go on the water slides and and by the pool in general because uh, so, far less people. It, in well, there. the same applies on, on Allure for uh, zipline and yep. the flow rider. Um, Absolutely, you'll find nearly no weight that's the best time to do all that stuff whenever i stay on board a ship when we're in port or perhaps i only go ashore for part of the time regardless of port that's when i visit uh those type of amenities that that i might not touch the rest of the cruise because i I just you know i like taking things slow i don't i don't want crowds and you're absolutely right um those are the things to hit cool Next, we have an email from Eddie, uh, who writes, Hey, Matt, I am new and a follower of your blog, soon to be one of your insiders. You deserve it. And trying to catch up with all the podcasts and periscopes, Honest didn't really know what that was. My wife and I, who we were married on the Freedom of the Seas at sea, are flight attendants here in Orlando with a few cruises already booked to add to our all of our others. Uh, one of the cruises is out of Copenhagen in August 2017, and another is a celebration-type cruise on Oasis in January 2018. My question regarding the Oasis of the Seas is, this will be my first time on the ship. We have a little over 20 balconies booked already, and we are all on deck 14. The plan is to open up all the dividers on the balconies to make one huge balcony. Something I didn't think of was there, is there any kind of limit to how many of these we can open? I hate being late to the party, but I love the podcast and look forward to meeting you talking uh, cruises on a future cruise. I'm not aware of any limit. Uh, it's really when you're opening balconies, certain ships you're allowed to open balcony dividers. So if you if you and the person next to you uh, have are the same people, you know each other, you can have that balcony divider open. As an example, uh, when we were just when we go cruising, we have connecting balcony rooms between my kids and ourselves. If it's possible on the ship, we ask the state representative to open it up, and uh, that allows for one larger balcony, which is exactly what Eddie is talking about. It's not available on every single class of ships, although. I do know for a fact that the Oasis class ships, at least the Central Park balconies, we've been able to do that. So I'm assuming the ocean balconies. Uh, Michael, are you familiar with any restriction on how many of the dividers can be open? Because I've never heard of such a thing. I have not heard of any type of restrictions. Um, I was going to say, you know, I am going on Oasis in about two months, mid-May, and I'm on deck 14. So uh, I'll be doing a live blog. So in case I forget, just comment on my live blog and I'll ask while I'm on board for you. The, the only restriction guy. that there might be <laughs> is not so much one of rules, and, and I don't know. This is going to depend on, depend on the, the vessel and maybe the deck, the area of the ship. I have seen on many ships that have these, uh, these collapsible dividers that every so many cabins, it is a solid wall. And I don't know if that's for structural support or what the reason is. Uh, Maybe just because the way the ship was assembled. That's that's the only thing that I can think of that could be a factor. That's a good point. Uh, so, but theoretically, there should be no human in the way that uh, would prevent you from doing. There's no there's no written rule, but obviously, physical barriers are well, physical barriers. So, cool. 
Next, we have an email from Alexis Turner from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My fiance and I have been listening to your podcast in preparation for our upcoming June honeymoon on Allure this season. We're so excited. In one of your episodes on the main dining room, you mentioned you could email Royal Caribbean ahead of time and request that we are always seated at Two Top, now with other guests. I received a very polite email back informing me that they only honor these requests once on board and that the staff on board will be happy to help us. It doesn't hugely impact us. We just have to remember to go to the main dining room after boarding. I just wanted to let you know about our experience. Thanks for all you do. We love listening and learning everything we can. Wow, that's kind of a that, that either a change or I'm not sure because usually in the past I've definitely not only I've experienced it myself. I remember on our honeymoon, granted that was nine years ago, but uh, we were able to re- make a request uh, via email. But I mean, the, the Alexis's uh, email or the email that Alexis got is valid, which is that at all when all else fails, and I still recommend it anyway. You should go to the main dining room on embarkation day. Usually there'll be a waiter there on duty uh, sometime in the afternoon, almost always. And you can make special requests like that to change it up. But uh, Alexis, appreciate the uh, the update. Um, I, I do think you guys ever this make how, a request? I, well, I think this is maybe how it was communicated to Alexa um, by that particular person. Role. This would be my guess because it is true that the, the tables are not assigned ahead of time, yep. uh, far ahead of time. Um, it is up to the shipboard staff to do that. So that doesn't mean they can't put in the request so that when the shipboard staff is assigning tables, they can see that request. Um, right. th- that's probably what this comes down to. I'd say, one, make sure your travel agent knows of your preference. That way, on future cruises, you can always go to two-top, even if you forget to mention it. But I'll also say that part of my routine um, on every cruise that I go on, I board, I go to the dining room, and I asked for a two-top. And now, granted, the last, uh, I think, three of the last four times, uh, Matt boarded before I did and requested that we sit together and ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One thing I was going to say, Matt, I don't know in the email if it mentioned what email address that they sent the email to. Um, I've always emailed the RCL dining at rccl.com. And they've always just accommodated me. So maybe shoot them over an email again, mention it's your honeymoon. But worst case, go with Billy's option. They're always going to accommodate you day one. So don't stress about it. They will take care of you. Perfect. Next, we have an email from Sarita who writes, Hi, Matt. Hope you're all well. Just booked my first Royal Caribbean cruise on Anthem of the Seas in November 2017. I have three kids ages 6, 8, and 10 who love to go swimming. As a single parent, it's tough to keep my eyes on them if they decide to split up among the pools like they did on our Disney cruise. Are there lifeguards on Royal Caribbean ships? Thanks for the great podcast. That's a good question, and the answer is there are now. Um, and I wanted to, the, the answer is a very easy answer. Yes, um, they're going to be adding them. I'll post a link in our show notes to the uh, post basically in February of this year. Royal Caribbean made the announcement they'll be adding lifeguards to all of its cruise ships. And Anthem of the Seas, which you're going on, got it back on March 11th to the 14th. So you're all set for your sailing. So my question, I guess, to make this more of a discussion since I got you two guys here, is um, you know, what's your take on this? Because uh, Royal Caribbean adding lifeguards is kind of a made a little bit of a impact in the cruise industry because as far as uh, I'm aware of only Disney cruise lines, the only cruise line that has lifeguards besides Royal Caribbean. Um, uh, Michael, what was your reaction when you heard about it? Well, I think that, you know, Royal Caribbean has imaged themselves to be a family line. And this was really the missing component to, to make them more of a family, to attract the families with the younger kids. You know, they have a whole designated area on the pool deck just for kids on the, you know, um, 
Freedom class ships and up the H2O zones and it, there's just kids everywhere. So, you know, I don't have any children personally, but if I did, I feel like this would make me feel even a little more comfortable, even though I know my eyes would always be on them, but it's just an extra layer of eyes on there. So I think it's a great move by Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Billy, what do yeah. you think? I, I agree. I don't see any reason not to do this. I've wondered why it's taken so long, and it's unfortunate that in both the case of Royal Caribbean and Disney, it, it took uh, an unfortunate set of circumstances to make it happen. Um, I sincerely hope that other cruise lines, especially those that target families, will uh, will not wait for tragedy to, to make the same decision. Now, that in mind, uh, I will say that as a former paramedic firefighter, and actually before that, a former lifeguard, um, it is really great and important to have lifeguards there, but they're not babysitters. Um, if your child is not able to swim, if you would, if if you would not be okay with the idea of your child being in the water without you already in the water, then it's not up to the lifeguard to watch after your child. And this is not a, a criticism of, of, to the, of the writer. Um, this is, it's just something that I see happen and, and that I, I worry Royal Caribbean will have to contend with um, and, and other cruise lines in the future. Um, you know, that's uh, right. that lifeguard is there as a safety net, uh, not as a babysitter. It's a good point because also, first of all, we should mention that Royal Caribbean also offers complimentary swim vests for use in the pool. And these are available uh, for sizes for kids between the ages of 4 and 12. And it's, it's just a good safety idea because Royal Caribbean even says, to, to your point, Billy, that the lifeguards are not meant to replace the watchful eye of a parent. So children under 12 are still require a parent or guardian to be present to swim in any of their pools. And I agree that, you know, obviously it's nice to know in the back of your mind that there's a lifeguard present. But it, it, you're, you're right. You still have to, um, you still have to supervise your children and certainly be aware of what they're doing because I know that they, I know how kids are. They, they run around and they're here one minute, gone the next. But you've got to do your best to kind of corral them and make sure because I mean, this is literally, it's, I hate to say it like this, but it's a life and death situation. And you want to make sure that you don't want that to happen. You don't even want to get close to that happening. So, you know, just saying, telling the kids, you know, let's just hang around this pool here. I don't think it's an unreasonable uh, request. And I think I'll have a great time. And I think your kids will have a great time, and it's just uh, all in the name of safety. Nothing wrong with that. I'll mention one last thing, because you, you did mention the swim vest, which uh, is a great point. And that's um, that's pretty standard, I think, across the industry for cruise lines that attract a lot of families to offer those vests for free. Ask for them. Um, that, that can be great. Uh, but use those. Don't use your own flotation devices. Um, I can tell you from experience, again, as a first responder, seeing some terrible things happen, a lot of the things that you buy at a, a grocery store or a big box store as flotation devices do more harm than they do good. They're not made to keep somebody up in a safe position. Right, right. Uh, good stuff. All right, we got our next email. It is from Ron and Diane Morton. And uh, actually, Billy, Ron and Diane were on board uh, Navigator of the Seas with us, and he's got a little bit of a uh, quick review of his Navigator of the Seas cruise that we did on the Royal Caribbean blog. Fantastic. So I am curious to hear what you think of Ron's observations. Uh, of course, Navigator of the Seas being one of Michael Poole's old favorite ships back before, back in the day when I first met him. <laughs> I was going to say, this is great since I missed it, Matt. This is going to be great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Uh, Ron writes, Hi, Matt. Nice to meet you and your family. Join the insiders and periscopers. Attached are my comments from our cruise. Number one, service. Outstanding dining room and room stewards. I don't disagree, Billy. 
Billy forgot how the mute button works. Uh, dining room, agree. Uh, my room steward was okay. Okay. Did, I enjoyed my room steward, so you should have had mine. Wasn't, he wasn't always uh, seemingly clear about what uh, four strawberry stems on a plate uh, meant that was done. But uh, that's okay. You know, no major disasters. Uh, main dining room, pro, lobster night, con, New York strip. The steak was uneven, cooked, and a little extra fatty. Um, I don't think we ate in the dining room on either of those nights, so we can't really comment on that. None of my vegetables um, were fatty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Billy's a vegetarian, so I'm not sure he can relate to these uh, things. Uh, especially dining, pro, chef's table, last night, excellent chef host. Uh, Izumi, Giovanni's table, and Sabor were excellent. I enjoyed all our especially dining that I did, uh, Billy. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I thought the food was excellent at all of this. Yeah, I actually enjoyed specialty dining um, on Navigator more than I did on a couple other royal sailings. I thought there was a um, a marked difference in service and quality um, compared mm. to some of what I experienced on, for example, I'm not picking on anyone, but, but on, on Freedom, uh, for example. Uh, shore excursions, pro, double dip, the snorkel ex- adventure, Bonaire was great, and the con, the beach at Labadee was a little bit crowded. I can't relate to this either because I was at uh, my beloved Barefoot Beach, so I, I don't, I couldn't see anything from my pearly walls. The one percent can't uh, can't comment on the beach crowds. <laughs> it was, did, I, I did, did step you, out did for you a little also bit. find that your that your foot masseuse was a little slow to respond? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the grapes are not getting into my mouth nearly as fast <laughs> as I would have liked. <laughs> um, onboard activities. Pro was making new friends. The watercolor class and the ballroom dancing class. The con was the the seventies parties. Was a little was a little late. I will add, my daughter loved the watercolor class. This is something I've never seen before. Michael, I don't I know if you've great ever seen things this. from everybody that did that. Yeah, it was watercoloring, and I was like, I, my daughter is six, and I was like, you want to go do watercoloring? And her eyes lit up, and I was like, all right, well, I can always just sit on Facebook and. You know, <laughs> send messages to, to Michael. And I go there. It was held in the dining room of all places, the main dining room. And it was this lady. I don't know. I don't think she was a crew member. I think she was like uh, uh, just a guest or something. I don't know what it was. But she was organizing the whole thing. And she instructed. And it was really interesting. Certainly very, very different. And uh, like I said, uh, everyone was really – I think they, everyone enjoyed a little change of pace. Michael, you've never seen this offer before, have you? A watercolor class? I have it, and I was following along with your live blog, and I saw you post about that, and I was like, what? You know, is this something else? Because I feel like Royal is really expanding their family program, their kids, and I've never seen anything like this. So this just, you know, it seems like they're just pushing the limits on what they offer for families. Yeah, it was a nice idea. Uh, The bars and shops, the new Royal Caribbean gear, backpack and cool, were very nice. First uh, for coffee package, there were no cons for bars and shops. Uh, Billy, favorite bar on Navigator of the Seas? Oh, well, that'd be our bar. Easy. Our bar. Yes. Well, they also stock, they happen to, to be fair, our bar stocked the one kind of whiskey that Billy enjoys, so. I could have had that move to another bar, though. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I could have had that that put anywhere, but our bar offered fantastic, uh, fantastic service. Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed that there was no wipeout bar, but that seems um, to be happening across the fleet. Rest in peace, wipeout bar. Yeah. Uh, on board Royal Caribbean singer dancer shows. Pro the ballroom dancing show was great, as was the ice skating show. I always love the ice skating shows. I don't think you can go wrong with that one. They're great. 
really, really good. Uh, the Diamond Club, he writes a pro backstage theater tour con cut off at 8.05 p.m. for free drinks in one venue and a little more flexibility in another venue. Interesting. Have you, Michael, have you found that the the Diamond, you know, like we're talking about the Diamond drinks, by the way, which are the from 4 to 8 o'clock p.m. You can get uh, three drinks per evening from any of the bars on board the ship in addition to the complimentary beverages you can get at the Diamond Lounge. Michael, have you found that that, that – that it's a hard stop um, at these, you know, it's it's eight oh one and it's it's one minute too late. Because I found, I remember on when we were on Harmony of the Seas, I went to the Trellis Bar and it was like three fifty five or something like that, and or whatever time, like five minutes before it was going to begin. And don't send me emails about what time it begins. I can't remember now if it's four or four thirty. But um, I went over there and it was like I, the guy, the waiter or the bartender was like, um, I can get you this, but I can't be free. It's got a, the computer won't let me do it until it's exactly the correct time. Have you ran into that as well? I have ran into that issue at bars when you're trying to use the three diamond diamond plus drink vouchers. Their registers, you know, it just is set to where they can't use the coupons because I've I've gone up at like eight thirty five. I remember on Empress and ordered a drink and you know it charged. I mean, he took care of me, but by default it auto charges. Now, as far as in the lounges, like the Diamond Lounge itself, generally they kind of. They don't cut you off hard. You know, they kind of let you kind of fade out. They're not going to go for an extra 30 minutes, but you can kind of see them closing down, but they'll still take care of you as they're shutting down the bar. Absolutely. Uh-huh. All right. Let's so I have, I have a quick question one. about that. Hang on. Be, being, yes. being somebody, now it's time for my questions. Uh, <laughs> being a, a lowly uh, Crown and Anchor Gold member, um, I tried getting my diamond drinks, and I said, do you know who I am? <laughs> and that did not work. Um, so when you're at the Diamond Lounge for drinks, that is separate. That doesn't go towards your three drink quota. It does not. No, the um, the Diamond Lounge is more of an open type concierge type service where you know it's whatever you want. They, as far as what they have to offer, you will see a little limitations, Billy. Whereas at the bar, you're going to have a little more. And what I'll use an example: um, a friend of mine I know likes to drink LITs, and often, sometimes in the Diamond Lounge, they don't have that. They don't offer that. Whereas you could go down to a regular bar and get that with a coupon on your Diamond. So, you know, and, unless you like a specialty drink, but um, yeah, if you you can you can use your three. You can go to the Concierge Lounge. I've done that before, and then gone out for a couple hours and used my three around the ship. Works out wonderfully. Yeah, thank you. Are, I have a question. Are we calling Long Island Ice Teas LITs? Is that a thing now, like YOLO? I wanted to call them out. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is that a thing? I just want to be cool. <laughs> they must be from my college days, Matt. I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> no, uh, that's Michael, the- Michael Poole was so busy in college, he didn't even have time. He only had time to drink these, <laughs> these drinks that have six different types of booze in them. He didn't have time to pronounce the entire name. I mean, you know, he didn't make it through college wasting his time on pronunciation, right? I, I will give a fact. I ordered one of these at the Bionic Bar on Harmony, took one sip, and said, no can do. This is too much for me. Uh, so, <laughs> can't handle <laughs> Our next email is from uh, Susan, who writes, Matt, you didn't mention one major pro cruise point when responding to a recent email. Weather. When you go on a land vacation, you you are stuck where you are. Rain, too bad. Hurricane, you might have to evacuate. On a cruise, they will move around to avoid the bad weather. Sure, this is some weather that can't be avoided, but for the most part, the worst of it can be avoided by rerouting and changing the itinerary. It's not a fantastic point. That's a good point. Actually, Billy, do do you remember when we were on the Allure of the Seas group cruise... 
we this is, I think, when we were either at the Flowrider or the Zipline, somewhere in that area. And the crew member was lamenting the fact it was started like it looked like it might rain, and the crew member was like, "It hasn't rained on this ship in like forty five days." <laughs> they were keeping track, <laughs> yeah. and and they were like, "Oh my gosh, is it actually going to rain?" And then of course the captain made like a right turn, and whoop, no more rain. Yeah, yeah, I actually do remember that because it was uh, if you're one of the zipline people, you're standing in the sun, you're you're baking, and I believe don't hold me to this, uh, the the lad might have been Irish, uh, which is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a wonderful people not known for standing out in the sun for long periods of time in the Caribbean. <laughs> so it, it's a good point. The the, uh, the weather point. Uh, I'll I'll add that into my uh, cruise pitch. There you go. All right, our last question of the day. I have lined up specifically for Michael Poole because it seems like a Michael Poole kind of question, and I don't know if it's about lits. Did I say it right? Lits. <laughs> lits. Oh, man. I'm never going to let that one down. <laughs> Is there an apostrophe between the eyes? Because really, there's two eyes, so I think it's lit it. Is it? Where's the print? Where's the emphasis? Is it lits or lit? <laughs> lits. Lits. I, I have no comment. I'm letting this one die. <laughs> uh, he's just going to have to st- stick to his uh, his stlas. <laughs> That's right, Billy. Smart man. All right, last question of the day is from Brandon, who, not that Brandon that you're thinking of, Michael, a different Brandon. But he writes, hey, Matt, first off, love the podcast. Been cruising with the Royals since 2003, and your podcasts are helping me bridge the gap between sailings. I have a question. I've seen pictures of blue and yellow cooler totes used as a beer bucket. Is that usually available? And more importantly, is it refillable? Keep up the good work. So my experience is it's more often available than it's not. And what I mean by that, I have been on a couple sailings where it's not available or offered, but majority of the time it is offered. And you purchase five beers and they give you the six free and it is reusable. So in fact, if you get one, you can actually take it on the next cruise with you. I think there's a small charge for the cooler, you know, seven, eight bucks. It's been a long time since I actually purchased it, but I often carry it on board with me in my bag and take it on my, you know, I'm the big fan of the sea days and the pool time. So I just set it down. They fill it up for me. No problem. So once you purchase it, uh, keep it with you and take it on every cruise. You're going to love it. Is it when they refill it, Michael, do you get a discount or it's just the same price, but the difference is you get to have a little cooler next to you and that way you don't have to keep on, you know, ordering more drinks. Based on on my experience with it, Matt, I'm going to be honest, there's a little inconsistency. Um, I've noticed it depends on the ship and the promo. Most of the time they'll give you one free, but I have had some some ships where they're like, it's just, it is what it is. And I'm like, okay, we'll just fill it anyway. So it's just no no consistency for me to give you a hard answer either way. So there's potentially incentive for buying. Potentially pay for itself. Potentially, but I will say when I go to the pool at home, I it's a little piece of memorabilia I take with me, and, and it just kind of makes me smile inside. So that I don't know, it's just a little piece of Royal Caribbean at home for me. To eat. You know what I take with me when I go to the pool when uh, after a cruise to, to help uh, help me remember the great time I had a um, uh, a sunburn. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> as soon as I lay out by the pool, I remember last great couple days too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, since I am on board Anthem of the Seas right now, and uh, you guys aren't, I'll let you guys say, uh, Billy, when is your next Royal Caribbean cruise? Uh, in, let me, let me see, 67, 66 days, I will be on Empress of the Seas going to Cuba. I am all sorts of excited about the itinerary and being on a smaller ship, finally, 
I miss small ships, miss seeing the ocean, miss, miss feeling the ocean move. So I'm stoked. But that's uh, as of my schedule right now, because who knows what could happen. That's my next. Billy, uh, Billy, uh, Michael, what about you? I am one day after Billy. Uh, I was originally on his sailing, but I jumped shipped over to Oasis of the Seas uh, one day after him. So I'm at 67 days, and uh, I'll be on Oasis of the Seas live blogging um, Eastern Caribbean. So I'm really, really looking forward to that one. I'm ready to, I'm kind of like Billy, but the opposite. I'm always on the small ship, so I'm ready to get back on a big ship. Jeez, you know, we booked the same cruise, and not only does he change cruises, because he doesn't want to be with me. He even makes sure it's an Eastern Caribbean so that there's no way we're in the same port at the same time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've been on Empress twice. It's an amazing ship, but I am ready to get back on a big ship with Sabor. I, I'm so tired of seeing everybody eat at Sabor, and I just don't have that on the small ships. Texting you pictures. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It's coming right back at you. <laughs> Well, that'll wrap up this episode of the Royal Korean Blog Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their emails. Of course, if you want to have your email read, potentially by Billy, Michael, or myself, send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. William, Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And until next time, we'll talk again soon.